Welcome to the SaaS Sales Performance Podcast, the show for anyone wanting to be on the cutting edge of SaaS tech sales. We provide the tools you need to take advantage of the rapidly changing sales environment. We bring you the leading experts on the front lines of SaaS sales and distill down our famous masterclasses into bite-sized practical tips. Your hosts will be Ash Ali and Matt Milligan. And on this podcast, we'll be helping you transform your ability to sell more so you can smash your targets. Hey everyone, and welcome to the ninth episode of our SaaS Expert interview series. The following is an extract from Matt Milligan's conversation with Steve Ed. Currently Ebster's VP of Sales, Steve has spent the last decade in leadership positions within the SaaS industry. Here, Steve imparts some of his deep experience of training and monitoring staff, and shares some of the secrets behind Ebster's groundbreaking tech. So with no further ado, here are Matt Milligan and Steve Ed. Awesome, Steve, thanks so much for joining me today in the next edition of this remote sales culture interviews. We've spent time interviewing sales leaders from a number of different SaaS businesses. Steve, I obviously know your background pretty well. For those who are either watching this for the first time or reading it, if you wouldn't mind just to start off by telling us a little bit more about your backgrounds and what it is you're working on at the moment. Sure. We'll all love it. We're hitting like the 20 plus mark in sales, but looking at the last 10 years, it's been sales leadership positions. And those positions have been predominantly in sort of subscription SaaS organizations, ranging from sort of mid-market public companies through to startups and somewhere in between. Where I am right now is I'm at Ebster. So Ebster is an exciting project. We're looking to scale over the next 12 to 24 months. And we are very much focused on sort of revenue intelligence. How can we help sales businesses essentially improve what they're doing through driving more conversations with their clients and future clients? Awesome. Yeah, can't wait to unpack some of those areas a little bit more and learn a bit more about the kind of plans you have at Ebster. I mean, Steve, obviously, it's been an interesting year for all of us. A number of challenges, you know, whether you're in the sales game or not. Thinking about the sales game now, obviously, Steve, you've been in the space for a long time. You've got some amazing experiences in different industries, as you mentioned. Thinking about where sales teams are at right now and some of the challenges they're facing. Obviously, Ebster, the company that you've joined, you know, in the revenue intelligence space, there's a lot of sales software tools that sprung up in the last three to five years. What, in your opinion, and feel free to be really biased here, but what is the single sales software tool that you think most sales teams just can't be without right now? I'm going to I'll caveat with this because we're using Zoom as a platform to do this. I think they put themselves or any web conferencing platform has to be a must. You actually won't be able to do very much business at all without that. So putting that just as a hygiene factor. So outside of that, for me, it is anything that's going to allow you to run a consistent sales process and therefore create a consistent buying process. And that lends itself well to both what EBS is doing and some of the earlier in the process tools. And that could be anything from sales loft outreach, any of those sorts of people. But I have to say like Ebster is and should be in the mix for any, any sales team to be able to do what they do better with data-driven insights to essentially grow and hit the numbers that they want to hit. Obviously, the sales processes and a lot of sales playbooks have gone out the window this year. How have you kind of felt the effects of that? You know, obviously, fairly new to the role at Ebster. You know, have you noticed a change in the landscape in terms of the clients that you're working with or how the tool has been used? I guess the change in the landscape is we've got some excellent sort of examples of where companies have come into this period of time 
without ever really having to rely on data insights it's like the traditional my reps will tell me they're feeling it they're seeing it they're touching it and therefore that's what we're built upon then all of a sudden they haven't got the touch and the feel and they can't see things and so all of a sudden people are scrambling on data and companies that have done really well are the ones that have been able to use data insights and to be able to pivot their sales force and to be able to pivot pretty quickly so that's been super helpful for Epster because all of a sudden we become much more core to the way the a business is working. And that rings true right across the whole sales process. So it's not just about Epster. It is how can you interact with your sales team remotely? How can you almost have those water cooler moments, the, the, the coffee moments? So anything that's going to help support that. And so... Well, I understand what you're saying about the sales processes, some of them going out the window. Fundamentally, they shouldn't have changed. It's just how you now have to use technology or use a slightly different approach to intersect that process. Yeah, absolutely right. And I mean, we've seen the rise of in adoption of a lot of technologies across the space this year, right? I mean, thinking about your team at Ebster now, you know, you've obviously come into your first day was just before the lockdown, was it? But you've obviously stepped into the new role, very interesting circumstances to be picking up the reins like that. I mean, curious to see it as well in your experience this year, how have you found the balance between, you know, being hands-on in the business and coaching versus, I guess, still maintaining that strategic view and being on the business, looking at how you're going to hit the number? It's tougher. It's definitely tougher because if we take my personal approach to a lot of the coaching, as well as having fixed coaching, I'd always be sort of sat in amongst the team and be able to listen and hear and sort of at the moment a call's finished, you sort of like talk to me about what happened and talk to me about the questions and so on. So you lose that. So it's how do you replace that? So that has been a challenge. And then how do you kind of, those two hats, how do you think strategically? You really have to break simple breaking your day and your week up and really understanding what within your team for me it's been understanding can't be there at all times for them and so what meant is it's pick up the things that you think are going to be really important so for example one of my team he's much more interested in the top of funnel stuff like he was an ae role and it's like let's coach and develop the things he's really interested in at the top of the funnel and then i got another one that's like like if i could avoid top of funnel stuff i will I really want to focus on how do I ask better qualification questions and things like that. So all of a sudden I start, okay, part of your development is let's focus in on the bits that you want to hone in on. Yeah, that's really interesting. We've seen, I think some great examples you shared there around focusing in on specific priorities for each team member. As you're onboarding people, not that I've had to onboard properly yet Ebster, but it's on the horizon. You need a lot of handholding in that process. You need to be right there. You owe it to the person coming into your business to give them full support, to give them everything they possibly can to succeed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, I guess, particularly for the more junior hires who do need that extra support, that extra hand-holding in the early days. I mean, have you started thinking about what that onboarding process might look like for you? Yeah, definitely. So historically, and certainly in bigger businesses, you might have an HR team. You might have people that are taking a lot of the onboarding slack up and you don't have that in smaller businesses. And so it's quite good anyone that's sort of joining a small business, be ready that you've got to get much more hands-on. So thinking about, again, the scenario and situation we're in, some of the onboarding stuff can be almost done on the fly. And it's like, they raise a question, oh, 
let's get into that and we can go into that but actually that's not very efficient and it's almost impossible to do it when we're working remotely so we have to be really prepared and we have to if we think about onboarding an onboarding playbook or actually maybe even using like the playbook they're going to go into as part of the onboarding process that just needs to cover everything so we've been thinking and i've been working through what are all the things that someone might need and making sure it's documented it should be also the template as they roll through the onboarding process. I was talking to another sort of VP of sales whose background is in sort of SDR management not so long ago. And they were just saying, yeah, I will go through and even sort of tell them why do we do outbound sales, like spoon feed everything. And I think that that's important. That's why I've been thinking about onboarding for next year. And you can tweak that if you're bringing on a really senior sales exec compared to someone just starting out. But in your mind thinking... I need to have everything that's just, there's always an answer. And then they come to me or come to some other person in the business for more color. What are you seeing as some of the key challenges for sales teams right now? Some of the challenges will be anyone that doesn't have a sort of documented sales process and doesn't sort of align their training, their development, their customer experience, everything aligned to a sort of a solid process and also the systems will come unstuck pretty quickly and, and probably already have because they haven't got anything to fall back on and sort of know that they're going through and doing things the right way. And I think that's a challenge. There's other things that are around people might be selling into markets that are just dying and having a really, really tough time. Like at Ebster, we're really fortunate because we're like industry agnostic. Like we can just move with wherever sort of needs us. But for any sales tech or sort of sales enablement or the markets that we're in, is likely to do well right now because the sales teams need support. Sales leaders need to be able to support their sales teams to go out and do what job they can do. They're the core ones, but other challenges are that there's a much more conservative buyer out there. I mean, when you think about people won't know exactly how they're going to perform in 2021. So straight away, they're going to be more cautious. It's going to be like, do we really need this? Do I need to buy this? Can we survive in the status quo so even if they do still buy sales cycles are going to slow down and mm. for sales teams if you're not prepared for that or if you're not budgeted that or i mean it's going to create terrible pressures in sales teams we're lucky we don't have that stuff we might have some decisions that slow down a little bit but more generally it's not as big a challenge for us it's a beautiful thing to be industry agnostic as you said and be able to remain agile in terms of who your icp and your target audience is Hmm. The other thing is that people might have to, talking about ICP, we can see it from talking to our clients and our prospects that they have to potentially change their ICP and who that is. And if you don't have data to support that, and if you don't have tools like Ebster to be able to give you some data insights into that, that's a hard thing to do. And so there's going to be a whole heap of sales leaders out there that are hoping that they're going to kind of make some traction early on in 2021. But Someone always said to me, hope is not a great strategy. So uh, <laughs> we'll see how that, I love that. that pans out. Very true words. You touched there as well on the measurement side. You know, have you been thinking about the measurement of your team and your team's performance differently this year and heading into 2021? So I guess naturally I've changed the thinking a little bit because I'm a new person in C. I have to have a view on sort of metric. You need metrics to kind of manage too. But I think where... So where I'm trying to change or move the business towards is this like, it's about conversations. Like our business is built on conversations, have more conversations at the top 
that flows down through into the business. So we really want to kind of double down on that internally at Ebster. So we're very much about how quickly can we have conversations, have conversations with the right people? How many of those conversations can we fan out across a business? So we're very much thinking in those, I'm thinking about in those terms. Once it comes into sort of funnel and funnel metrics, they're kind of, we're not doing anything completely um, different conversation to demo and demo to opportunities and to close and so on. We're much more focused, as I say, when we think about it from technology perspective or from a reporting perspective, it's like, what do we need to be able to help the team have more conversations? And then what do we need to be able to monitor those conversations and then know what the inflection points, what are the bits that we need to kind of look at and move and change and coach against and so on. Yeah, and I guess practicing what you preach by using your own technology, I imagine. Yes, absolutely. Engagement. Going back to some of the things we just talked about and how things are a bit tougher, there'll be a lot of businesses out there that look and feel the same as each other. So what's different? It's going to be the experience in a lot of instances. Mm-hmm. So using Ebster, we can make sure that we're talking to the right people, making sure that we've got the right people for our business, like to make sure we've got the right people in the conversation with us. Ebster allows us to do that immediately. Like we talk about it around here. We understand the DNA of a deal. We understand what needs to happen within a deal to get a positive outcome. And we can see that through Ebster. So we do more of it. And it becomes a virtuous circle. It's like we do more of that, we win more, and so on and so on and so on. So that's where we're really utilizing our own technology to help through that whole process. Yeah, Yeah, exactly right. I think it's a very frequently used word in the industry at the moment. I was listening to a podcast on the way in this morning, probably a conversation for another day, but we're talking about, you know, what does the future of a salesperson look like when actually AI gets to a level where it can actually, it can line up which calls you need to make next. And then it can actually make the recommendations, as you say, building on the Ebster approach to say, yeah, these are the types of warmers that you should use in this next conversation. This is the type of interaction that would help the deal move along to the next stage. You know, do we just become the salespeople kind of uh, <laughs> order takers? Or I don't know if you've got any perspectives on that, particularly in the remote world that we're living in at the moment. Yeah, I think like there's going to be, there's some products and services that if they're not already commoditized, they're going to be commoditized. So, and they're going to have super fast sales cycles. And so machine learning should really be just an enhancement of the experience. And so you still will need people in that flow and in that process. Machine learning or AI will, it should just give you more data, more things and get your timing and closer and closer to being better and better. If you've got a complex service, if you've got to have some deep, deep kind of conversation. There's always going to be salespeople there, but you might see more and more businesses, as I say, commoditizing, and they are just moving much more quickly, low touch with a whole bunch of things. But I mean, I had an example the other day. Someone was talking to me, and they're a sales enablement tool, and we hadn't spoken for ages. And she quickly talked about, I was talking about a triathlon. She was talking about swimming. She brought swimming up straight away. I was like, okay, like interesting. And of course she could have written an old fashioned note about that. But I asked her, like, did you go back and listen to our call before you came on this call? She goes, yeah. And it also picked out some words for me. So it was like, I think that is a good and positive use of whether it's AI or technology or machine learning. So all of a sudden, my experience has been enriched because she's immediately talking to me about something that 
is personal to me and in theory she was listening last time now she wasn't actually listening the machine was listening she's just used that really sensibly that's fine I'm a salesperson I don't mind that I'm shallow yeah. with these things but that to me is a good example and I think we could all learn from there's still a human at the other end right the other end of the call and it's I guess just machine enhanced or machine augmented sales yeah there's a guy out there called Jerry Hill who works for a company called Connect and Sell. So they're, mm-hmm. they're using technology to really ramp up outbound call prospecting. And he talks about this a lot. It aligns with what I believe too is technology is not there to take over from people. It is there to enhance. And there's a great place for it to enhance. That it might mean you become capital efficient. It might mean that you don't need as many people to do the job, but you still need people. And if you can pay them well and pay them handsomely for doing a great job, that's good. And technology is just making that perform better. That's probably where we go. Like the sales teams might shrink a little bit, but they'll be performing better. Yeah. Similar or if not higher output, it's going to be an interesting 18 months, two years for sure. I mean, you picked on there focusing on the individual and actually, you know, remaining conscious, I guess, of the people side of your team, you know, I'll be curious to get your opinion, thinking about measurement of your team above and beyond just KPIs and performance metrics, thinking about other factors like motivation levels, actual skill sets within your team members, you know, would you find it valuable to receive a regular pulse on your team and how they're progressing? Yeah, I think because what you're talking about, some of the things that are just without framework in place, whatever, just hard to monitor they're the sorts of things that can all of a sudden hit you can hit you around the face if you're not close enough to your team members it's like these things have been bubbling away underneath you're focusing on conversations around pipeline performance well done you've hit your number etc etc and then all of a sudden they say well actually i really want a complete career change because my beliefs are xyz oh whatever i'm sort of taking it to the extreme but they're the sort of things as a manager that you could easily miss um, and take time and effort and energy and you want to have those conversations with your team and if all of a sudden they start to slip for one reason or another you've got a bit of a hole steve it's been a really interesting year looking ahead to 2021 i guess if there's kind of one thing that you're thinking about doing differently heading into next year how would you summarize that oh we're going to be paying much closer attention to how we develop people. So our end goal, we've got to hit some numbers like any other business. We want to grow those numbers significantly. We're going to have to build a bigger team. Going back to one of the points you made earlier about we've got to make sure that onboarding process is great. We don't want to have to go through this too often and so on. So mm-hmm. I think the one thing I'm going to be doing differently is that onboarding journey. I'm making sure that, that onboarding journey is nailed down. And followed. And it can iterate, of course, but to make sure that when somebody joins Ebster, it's not even about the first three months because it's pretty easy enough to make the first three months good. It's the three to 12 months we want to make exceptional. Whether it's because I've got more people around me in the past or different functions to support me, I'd have been guilty of not making sure every single T is crossed and I is dotted on that journey. And I think that's the big one for me this year, next year. Yeah, awesome. I think that's huge. I think you hit the nail on the head and making sure that it's a continuous path, that it's not just uh, 30, 60, 90 days, and then they're left to figure the rest out for themselves on the job. That sounds like a really solid approach. Thank you. Steve, I've really enjoyed the conversation. I mean, for those out there watching or listening or reading, where can they find out more about yourself or Ebster? 
Yeah, so EBSTA is EBSTA.com. Everyone's more than welcome to come and check us out, particularly as a sales leader. And for personal, I'm on LinkedIn and it's LinkedIn for Steve Ed, and you'll be able to find me there or Steve Ed at EBSTA.com. There's lots of ways you'll be able to contact me and always open for a conversation. Awesome, Steve. I've really enjoyed ours today and I look forward to doing it again soon. Thank you, Matt. So thank you for listening to the SaaS Sales Performance Podcast. At UHubs, we help businesses develop and upskill their teams. To see how you stack up against the industry's best, or to get marketing and sales tips from SaaS experts, check out uhubs.co.uk.